High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. Time now for the Hook Health Checkup in the company of Dr. Kira Kelly. You can send um, your health questions to 53106 by text and we will get them. Kira, welcome to the programme. Thank you, George. Now, there has been a subtle change in this programme. Has there? Well, all the people are now writing in with health questions <laughs> on the health checkup. There's none of this. And r- none r- of them I can answer. Rubbing a hem anymore, that type of thing. Seven it's sons. Not a hem. It's Mary Magdalene's hem, and it cures everything. I'm suspicious that it's not really her hem. Sorry. First question. Go on. Female. Yeah. Twenty-two. Is putting peroxide in your hair a health risk? Now, you've condemned hydrogen peroxide for anything. Well, I haven't. Are you it, condemning it for hair as well? Do people put peroxide in their hair to go blonde? I've done it myself in my youth. Um, is it a health risk? No, not really, because you don't put it in very much and you don't put it in for very long and all that. No, no go blonde if you want to, if you want to. It does make your hair quite bad condition, though, because it kind of Don't. frizzles your hair a it bit. frizzles, although I tell you, uh, I fell in love with a fabulous blonde when I was a student. And she was naturally blonde, but she used to wash her hair in Purcell. Purcell, the washing powder. Yeah, and she had gorgeous blonde hair. She was stunning. Are you linking those two things, her gorgeous hair with the Purcell? No, she told me she was. The sales of Purcell had just rocketed. She lived on Griffith Avenue. They've just rocketed. She lived on Griffith Avenue. She's bald as an egg now, I'd say, is she? I don't know, I haven't seen her since then. Well, like Davy gets a sore throat at least once a month. It's bad. Then, then I don't know what he has a hiatus hernia, and uh, what's this pylori stuff he's got? What's that? H pylori. Um, it's it's a bacteria that's in your uh, stomach that predisposes you to gastritis, inflammation, and ulcers. Oh yeah, because the reflux isn't working. The reflux tablets don't work. Well. If you have H. pylori, if you, if you have Helicobacter pylori, which is, which is the, the full name of the bacteria, um, you do a thing called triple therapy, George. You take two different types of antibiotics at the same time, plus a very powerful antacid. And the combination of those usually can eradicate uh, the H. pylori. Okay. But he would, need to, he would need to probably obviously attend somewhere and be under But he also has hiatus hernia. He didn't answer that. Hi- well, hiatus hernia. There's nothing you can do if you have it other than the very important thing is to keep your weight down because the bigger you are, the bigger the belly you have, the more pressure upwards on the hiatus hernia. So the, the hiatus hernia is your stomach herniating into your thorax, that's into true. your chest. Well, so be, keeping your weight down is important to using really, antacids. That's interesting because as you know, I've lost three stones in two years. I know, you look years. fabulous. But uh, not only that, not only have all the itches disappeared, uh, but the hernia has largely, not disappeared, but it's, it's much less. Yeah, yeah. So the combination of not using soap yeah. and losing weight yeah. cures everything, including probably yeah. peroxide in your hair. Everything. And your hair is, is, is very lovely as well. But what about the sore throat this poor fella has? Recurrent sore throats can be bad luck. And there's no two ways about it. They can be because very often you limp from one thing to another. If you've already had a couple of nasty doses over the winter, you might get a few more because you're a bit run down. But they can also be a sign of that you need to have your tonsils out if it's recurrent tonsillitis. Or if you're somebody, and I saw somebody myself this week like this, 
who has had one infection after another, after another, after another, even in a, in a, in a relatively young, relatively well person, um, you need to have a blood test to make sure you don't have something like diabetes because those types of things predispose you to recurrent infections too. Right, so okay. recurrent infections, blood test. Yeah. I think we should charge Davy more than our usual 60 euros because, because he got advice on the sore throat. He got advice on his H. pylori or whatever you call it. And he got advice on his, his hernia. Yeah, he, We're fast turning into a charity. And I cannot be kept in the manner to which I am accustomed no. by doing this charitable health That work. shirt looks particularly expensive now, today, George. Dave in Cabotilli, another Dave. All the Daves. Is septoplasty operation worthwhile for deviated septum? Now, rugby players have all deviated yeah. septums because they all got their noses broken. Yep. But uh, you never get them repaired. It depends. Okay, you do occasionally, and it's, it's it's not a nice surgery, but but you do occasionally. The reason you do is is if your breathing is really badly oh, compromised, yeah. and you're you're constantly getting infection in one of your sinuses because it's always blocked and stuff. So so like all surgeries, George, you only have it if the benefits are likely to outweigh the risks. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so the reality of it is this: is that we can't say in Dave's individual case whether it's worth it or not but if he's having loads and loads and loads of symptoms from his deviated septum then having it done may be the right thing right. to do but, but for most people actually you're right most people don't have it done. I think there's a certain charm about sort of badly broken noses like I George Hook do too. George Maldon what was his name the film actor uh, he, 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 was, he had a broken nose Charles de Gaulle noses are very important I think I think a man with a slightly bashed face is it's quite very, an attractive yeah, thing. I do. I'm with you all yeah, the way. Yeah. I, it's the reason for my success yeah. with women. Yeah, but that's what... That's well, can we stay charisma. with sinus problems? So, 55-year-old female is... Avimis, A-V-A-M-O-S, any good for sinus? Yes, it is. She doesn't know what she has. She thinks she has tension, ah. headaches. Her nose is blocked when she wakes up in the yeah, morning. Yeah, she does have the a The pain in her head is bad. The, the, the maintenance for, for, for chronic sinusitis is not antibiotics, but it is Avimis, which is a topical nasal steroid spray. So that's what that is. But also, a lot of people should take an antihistamine because there's often an allergic component and also the really really big important one is the sinus rinse you buy this thing Neil Med it's over the counter Neil Med sinus rinse you fill up the squidgy bottle with uh, saline you squirt it up your nose now you do do this and all that business you do do that because it's not very pleasant to squirt water up your I nose. do that when I'm asleep is that why I have no sinus Yes. But you flush out all the cat that's yeah. up there and it's actually really good. You wash them out basically once or twice With a day. With nailing, is that what you call this? Neil Med Neil sinus Med. rinse and it's over the counter. We're not on commission but it works very well. And, that and, antihistamine's and Avimas. And Avimas, yeah. Is very good too. All good. Which is a topical thingamabob. Steroid spray. Yeah. yeah. Now, staying with noses. Have you noticed the way I kind of bring the questions You have themes together. every week, George. Yeah. You weave a tapestry. Yeah. Is there any way to stop the hair in my ears and nose from growing? He has to trim it every couple of days and it's irritating. John 62. I feel this is a question for you, actually. I do. Yeah, this this is one of yours. This fella is wasting our time sending in texts. He has too much hair in his nose. Isn't he a lucky man that he isn't like the other one? The poor 55-year-old female who has sinusitis. The poor fella who has a sore throat and hair pili- H. pylori and everything. This guy's ringing up about a few hairs in his nose. 
I mean, I love how you abuse our listeners. But I mean, isn't it true? But you say, well, have we nothing better to be doing? This is what we are doing. We're sitting here asking, answering questions. With the greatest That's our respect. job. No, hold on a while. With the greatest respect, you didn't spend 25 years in medical school because you were a slow student. <laughs> like, to come in and start asking, answering questions about hair in your nose. Now, first of all, like, it's a fairly minor problem. I put to you, right? It Number is, which two. is why he won't go to his GP about it. He wants to come to us. But you're, like, just get a scissors or a whatever. Well, that is the actual answer. We can't stop the nose hair growing. Yeah, correct. We really can't. On to the next one. <laughs> I think I'm taking next one. Okay, well. you take them all. I'll sit back now. A 35-year-old male. He has an issue with his knee. He feels a lot of strain on it if, he's out, if he bends down tires laces. I mean, the first thing is, he's very lucky he can bend over the tires laces. If he was my age, he wouldn't be able to bend over the tires laces. That's why I have to wear slip-ons. Uh, also, like tomorrow, I, on, on Saturday at the golf course, like trying to tie my laces is a major problem. A sl- then he has a slight sting. Will he get off this stage? He has a slight sting when he's walking. He's not sure if it's worth the GP visit. Well, why are you ringing me up? <laughs> Your bedside manner is so bad. <laughs> it's just, you don't have an empathic bone in your body hook. No, not no. even one. I, I, I learned from a great fella. The most, the doyen of orthopedic Of indifference. Surgeons. No, no. The doyen of orthopedic surgeons was a fella called Joe Gallagher, now happily retired. Mm-hmm. And I'd come in with all my various broken bones and he'd fix them, right? But Joe had no bedside manner. <laughs> uh, like, so some old dear of about 75 had come in and Joe would have fixed her hip. And she, she'd say, Doctor, I've a bit of a pain in my hip. And Joe would say, what else would you expect? Haven't you just got a new hip, you know? So I learned my bits. and yeah, ran up yeah. from Joe Gallagher. So, Joe, if you're listening, I got it all from you. You've nailed it. <laughs> oh, this is very good. This is very good, right? What do you do with a book? What, an answer. Don't worry about it. Did I not make it perfectly plain to the fellow with the knee to stop worrying? Are you going to come up now? No, I'm not. I, the problem is, is you get it right as often as you get it wrong. Ah, uh, look, look. Maybe he could have an MRI, but he probably doesn't need one. You're probably right. I, I've. A... <laughs> no, no. Hold on, hold on. Can I just rescue you from your hysterics? The great creator, God. When he put Adam and Eve oh, in, stop, in the Garden George. of Eden, right? This is a health slush. Oh, but it's true. You constantly go back to creationism. When, when he put... Well, I mean, you cre- cre- it was a masterpiece of surgery. He created Eve out it of Adam's rib. Masterpiece of surgery. It happen. But anyway, let me get back to it. When God created man, he gave him symptoms. So therefore, this is... No George, th- this is, we've gone into crackpot no, stuff here. No, there's symptoms. If, I'm talking about a fellow with his knee. If he gets severe pain, go to a doctor. Yes. But if he's getting a slight sting when he's out walking, forget about it. Offer it up. Offer it up. You got a you got a plenary indulgence, which means you won't go to purgatory. Anyway, I thought they did away with purgatory. What about a burn? Now this is really interesting because everybody gets a burn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, 
I was always told you put it under cold water. But how long do you keep it under cold water? It never works. Of course it never works. It's an old wife's No, tale. it's not, actually. You do put burns under cold water, but you need to run them under but cold water for ages. It could be 20 minutes under the cold water. If you're getting burns all the time, I, I imagine he's he's doing a lot of cooking, maybe, or he's, yeah. he's doing yeah. car repairs or something. Yeah. Um, you, burn gel is very good and you can have that you can have a burn gel in your fridge or whatever you put it on cold and that will help but if you have a burn and people I constantly see people with burns that are incidental so they come into me with a chest infection and I say what's that in your arm and they go oh, I got a burn last week off the frying pan and and it's not he, people don't treat their burns there is amazing on prescription burn creams and if you do get any kind of a nasty burn Go to your doctor. It's well worth it because the burn creams that we prescribe will heal you up in a blink of an eye really, really well and reduce scarring and pain see, and everything. You need, to, you need, but, yeah. but they're on prescription. You need to see a doctor. But, but there are amazing burn creams and I use them myself and my kids all the time or anything yeah, like that. The problem is you're like Joe Schmidt, the Irish coach. You get away with <laughs> I murder. I wouldn't mind being compared you to him. You get away so with good. murder by making outrageous comments and then there's nobody to pull you up because I'm too gentlemanly to do it. The question was, put it under cold water water you said correctly get a burn gel yeah. this cold water stuff is a whole I know the, as first aid the first thing you do do is go ah, for cold yeah, water if you're in the kitchen like sure I do it I stick my yeah. finger under the hot uh, under under cold the, cold, cold George water, cold no wonder it doesn't work for you no wonder <laughs> it doesn't work and it's the then, hot tap. but then you get something yes you do do you know what's really dangerous go seriously on. now go on what's worse than burns really if you have a very sharp carving knife in the kitchen yeah, and then you decide to chop an apple or something like that. Okay. And then last week I nearly took the top of my finger. Oh, God. No, but it, I just, it's a serious proposal. People have two sharp implements in a kitchen and they have it on, they don't have it, they should have it in a leather sheath, for instance. They should have it out of the, the way of children. Well, that wouldn't work the leather sheath because if you're using it, you'd have to have taken the sheath oh, off. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, but so did. It's, it's clear you don't cook because I always look at my knives in my kitchen <laughs> and I think I wish they were sharper because I always, they, they, I, I struggle with them. all the time. What do you cook? Granola and yogurt. <laughs> you're such a chef. And, and I chopped the apple with a very sharp knife and <laughs> cut my finger off. I'm worried oh, about Master Caroline. Chef. I'm worried about Caroline. Tell us. 45. I just went the way I say it. Caroline. You know, kind of brings up images of... Oh, Caroline, I'm so sorry. I'm so no, sorry. The way Caroline George Hook says your name daughter, is all wrong. Caroline was the daughter of your man who owned Monte Carlo or whatever. What was his name? Rainier. Grace Kelly's daughter. She was, was a, and so was JFK and anyway, Caroline, didn't he? At least once a day. Caroline gets dizzy. She has to sit down. It's been happening for about uh, two weeks. Caroline needs her blood pressure checked. Absolutely. Yeah, she does. She could be low. With a name like Caroline, I'd say she has low blood pressure. And you can get it in a chemist now, can't you? Or can you? Well, you can, but I'll tell you what. You go to a chemist and you find you've got blood pressure that's higher low. What are you going to do about it? You're going to have to go and see a doctor then, aren't you? That's not a bad comment. It's not about that. Merits so, is one of your better. It's all very well and good knowing there's something wrong with you, but you have to might as well go to somebody who knows what to do about it. No offense to the pharmacist; they're not allowed to do anything about it. All right, but but blood pressure is the most obvious one. Yeah, it is, or a virus, but blood pressure. The other thing about losing weight, my blood pressure is unbelievable. It's younger have, you're getting. George. I have a blood pressure of an Olympic athlete. You don't look a day over about seventy-one now. No. Now here's another one. I want to take this one. Go on. I'm a first-time mum, and I'm wondering what the best way is to relieve my eight-month-old's pain when she's teething. Okay. 
Okay. Right? Now, I put a slight proposal to you. Go on. First time mum. Yeah. So, therefore, this is a whole new experience for child and for mum. Yeah. It must be terrible for a mother who has a crying child and the child can't communicate. I Hello, mum. I have a pain in my tooth. I know, right? I know, I know. They do bite down in their little fists, yeah. though. But but you can't do much. You could put whiskey on the gums, no? No. <laughs> I thought you were taking this one. No. Clearly, no. you know nothing about it. Not There's that. loads of things you can do. First of all, you can get a teething ring and they're full oh, of gel. Yeah. Oh, and you yeah. put them in the fridge so that they're cold. So when the baby chews on it, it's cooling and soothing. All right. Second of all, there are little... Uh, sachets of homeopathic things now homeopathy doesn't work at all it's a load of old crap but those sachets have a bit of sugar in them and they go into the mouth and they like that too it gives them a bit of relief it doesn't do anything medical but it, but it has a placebo but, effect yeah but seriously and then you give them a bit of calpol or norofen because they're actually in pain and that's yeah. all you do all right, but it's tough to be a first time. Oh, mom it's because really hard. You have no experience. I remember doing my. How can I? My eldest is seventeen today, and it is. I remember the day he was born, and and like it was yesterday. You do and, tend to remember the day your child was oh, born. Oh, completely. But it, I did feel that the first year of his life, not so much my other children, but it was like sort of swimming upstream through yeah. treacle for a whole year because you don't know what you're doing and yeah. you're actually in a bit of a panic all the time trying to keep them alive and filled with worry and that they'll eat enough and that they're sleeping right and that yeah. you're getting it right and every second day you think they're getting men and choices well you're, you are filled with fear like yeah, it is no, a difficult difficult time I was absolutely no use to England in I would find that so easy to believe <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah now this is another one I find very interesting he's 23 I think male yes he is 23 he's no man, not married no kids although I don't think it's anything to do with it he has a normal diet he's sleeping 12 hours a night and he's still waking up tired and he's tired all the time I would suggest if he's tired all the time and he's 23 and he's sleeping 12 hours a day that he probably does need a blood test just to make sure that he's not under active thyroid or anemic or something. But if he isn't anything, then I would say only two things. One is get a bit of exercise, get it early in the day to give you more energy. And two, congratulate yourself. There are people who dream of having 12 hours sleep at night. You've left out probably the answer. Which is? Well, he could have sleep apnea. So he's 12 hours in bed, but he's not sleeping. It would no. be, unless he's very, very heavy, which I don't think he is from what he's describing, and that normal diet and all, it's unlikely he'd have sleep apnea at 23. Sure, I know. If pal of mine, I play golf with him and sleep apnea, and he's thin as a rake, and he goes to bed every night with a mask and everything. But I don't know how you possibly older. have a relationship with your wife if you have a bloody great mask on you and there's a, some there's people a machine like, breathing fire Some people Bristol. like that kind of thing, George. Do you? Yeah. Hmm. Pins and needles. This is another worrying one. I get them in my feet regularly to the point where, where the, the listener can't stand on them. Help! It, but it especially happens after I've been sitting for about an hour. I think is that's, that the answer? I think that's the key. I think he's a trapped nerve, you see. So I think the sitting obviously pinches the nerve worse than standing or what have you. So I think there's probably an element of that. There are loads of reasons why people get pins and needles in their feet. They can have bad circulation. They can have diabetes. They can have lead poisoning. They can have all kinds of neurological no, conditions. No, but pins and needles don't happen by accident. They no, it's a neurological they, symptom. Yeah, see, when you dismissed Adam and Eve about 10 minutes ago... You think they had pins and needles? No. What I, I said that God, the creator, gave us symptoms. And the reason you get symptoms, pain is a symptom, yeah. pins and needles are a symptom, yeah. then they are a symptom of something else. So therefore, I would be worried, to be fair, to say to this person... 
you, as you've suggested, you go and get it checked out. Yeah, I think he probably has a trapped nerve. I, I view symptoms slightly differently. When when the body is malfunctioning in some way, the brain recognises it, is, is how I view it. But obviously, Adam and Eve is a, is a lovely other alternative viewpoint.